so honored to have you here and welcome you to today's conversation. So sit back, take a breath and get ready to see the world through a new and expansive lens with me, Emma Evelyn Campbell. location set or you must yeah. be if it's this year <laughs> yeah so here in austin texas it's at a mm. venue called rambling rose ranch whoa um, what a yeah. nice name <laughs> yeah all outdoors it's on a ranch it's um has rescue animals like horses oh. and they have a pig and it's very us it's not very traditional but we're mm. not very traditional so. but like i think that's important that you're tapping into and doing something that's in alignment with you because mm. There's so many like different ways that you can have a wedding. And I think just doing the way that you want to do it makes you so much more fulfilled in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it. we're, we're really lucky because we both have, um, speaking on human design, we both have impulsive mm. authority. So we both make decisions impulsively. So it's been really great to, uh, be like, you like this? I like this? Great. And like, <laughs> that's how we've just been making decisions and it's worked out really well. So Nice. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, Stacey, we've had you on before, but yeah. would you like to introduce yourself? Let us know what you do. And then I'd like you to speak about what's on your heart to share today. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm Stacey Keel. It's nice to be back here. Hi to all of those and hello to those who I have not met quote unquote met podcast wise (laughs) um sure that makes sense i am a human design reader and a certified authenticity coach um basically i help you live your best life by being yourself through authenticity deconditioning human design manifestation um i basically help you build the life that you want to be living as opposed to the life you should be living I love that. And I can say that Stacey is amazing because we have done some sessions together. So if you resonate with anything that she says in here, like she's just such a beautiful space holder with, with it when it comes to human design. So mm. that's why I love to have these conversations, especially with people that I've connected with that in that way as well, because it just has so much more depth to them. And I think that's amazing. So I'd love for you to just tap into like what's on your heart to speak about today if there's something that you want to go over, if there's something that you want to bring up and we can, we can riff off that. Yeah. Let's see. Definitely human design. Cause that's what I've been mm. like really focusing on lately. I think it'd be cool. Maybe if you just give an introduction for people that are listening and they're yeah. like, what is human design? Yeah. Um, just to, just to give us a little understanding of like what it is and how we can work with it. Yeah, so human design is a map of your energetic DNA. It's based on the time and place you were born, very similar to astrology. Um, But it is also rooted in science. So it lives in this like really cool cross-section of science and woo. Uh, One of my clients likes to call it spicy science, which I (laughs) I got a really good giggle out of when I heard Mm. that. Um, But basically it is a tool and not a belief system, but it is how you were organically designed at birth to show up in the world, to create more ease and flow in your life and less resistance and tension. So there's a lot to it. It's super layered, um, but at the core of it, it's about really tapping into who you are on an energetic level and getting rid of all of these layers of conditioning that have been thrown upon us by our parents and our environments and our religions and Mm -hmm. 
basically everyone you've ever crossed paths with who tell you, you are this, right? You are this person. This is how you need to show up in the world to be a, you know, a good member of society and all that stuff. So once we look at all these things and start to shed the layers of conditioning, we start to get to the root of who you are, what you want, why you're here, and how to make it all happen. What called you to human design and wanting to understand yourself? On yeah, a level? That's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> I got to human design um, a, um, an interesting route, I would say. So I lived in New York for 10 years um, previously or prior to moving back to Austin, Texas, where I was born and raised, which was where I am now. And I did the whole theater thing. I did the whole hustle culture thing in New York and it was great. And I had success there, a lot of success, personal success, career success. Um, But I learned that I was not using my energy efficiently there. And I was getting really tired and really burnt out and sick, literally sick. Right before I left New York, I was diagnosed with a thyroid autoimmune. And then uh, in our journey back down to Austin is when I had my diagnosis of endometriosis as well. So I am a chronic illness warrior. um, And I do believe that that has an energetic component to it, absolutely. Um, And so when I came back here, I went through all of my endometriosis diagnosis stuff. I had surgery, I had excision. I was starting to feel a little bit better, but also I kind of went into um, a depression after my surgery, having been diagnosed with this condition. For those who don't know, endometriosis is um, a disease where tissue similar to the lining in your uterus grows outside of your uterus and um, can grow on your other organs and make them stick together and causes a lot of pain. And so I went through a little bit of a depression after that surgery of, okay, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. There's no cure. Um, It is awful. (laughs) And so many other people have it, you know, it doesn't just affect women, people with reproductive organs. Um, And just being like, this is my life now. And how am I going to get better? And how am I going to bounce back? Mm -hmm. And through the endo community is actually how I found human design. And once I learned about human design, I was immediately interested in it. I was like, what is this? I love all the kinds of personality tests and Mm. things like that. The Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs and astrology. Like, I just love it all. So when I learned human design, I was like, I have to know more. And the more I learned, the more my life began to change. And the more I learned how I was not using my authentic energy correctly or in alignment with who I am on that core level. And everything started to kind of make sense and piece together of that puzzle of why me, why now, why did all of this happen? And it's just been a complete 180 for me. And Mm. that's why I wanna share it with the collective because Mm. through my own experience, it has completely changed my life and I know it can change other people's lives. And that's why I just love it so much, the impact of it all. Mm, I love that story. And for people that are listening and resonate with that, maybe not the exact situation in your story, but resonate with that story of 
something is not quite right and something is not quite fulfilled in my life. Um, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think a lot of us, myself included, have seen that and experienced that on that path. Mm. What, what guidance would you give for people that are starting to open up and wanting to see a new direction and how can that, how can human design support them? Mm. Well, first off, healing is not linear. <laughs> Do we think <Nope>. that <laughs> once that door opens to our spiritual journey, our healing journey, it's all up from there? And that is not accurate. And Definitely so <laughs> keep going, evolve. Uh, it's worth it. And you're going to have setbacks and you're going to have quantum leaps. Um, but again, it is not linear at all. <laughs> so, um, even in human design, you know, in human design, it's all about experimentation. It's all about, you know, learning your design and saying, okay, this is my energy type and this is how I make decisions and this is how I create opportunities for myself. Or I'm supposed to, right, at the beginning when we were like, but this is not how I'm doing it. So now I have to start implementing these things. And even as you start implementing them, you'll learn that, oh, maybe that doesn't feel good this way. Or maybe I don't like to make decisions that way. And that's okay, too. Anything that doesn't uh, resonate with you in your human design, you have permission to throw away. You have permission to put to the side. Because as I said at the beginning, this is a tool. It is an awareness tool. It is here to say, oh, it isn't as a tool for expansion, to open up your mind and your point of view and look at things differently and say, Maybe I can create more alignment for myself, satisfaction, success, peace, all of these, you know, signpost emotions in human design um, by following this work. Mm. If, if someone's listening and they're wanting to like find out about their design, I thought as we kind of dive deeper into it, where can mm -hmm. they actually go to access this? Do you know some websites and mm -hmm. the show notes and then people yeah. can kind of follow along as we dive a little bit deeper. So it's kind of a little bit interactive for them. Yeah. You can find your chart at jovianarchive.com, myhumandesign.com, geneticmatrix.com. There are a few others out there, but I think those are the most popular. I'll chuck those in the show notes. So if anyone kind of wants to follow along and here's little bits that we speak about, yeah. then you can kind of tap into those um, as, as we go. I'd love for you to speak about the different, the kind of broader aspects of human design, which is obviously the types and that we show up as. So whether it's projector, generator, and just a little bit of information about what those types represent in terms of how we show up energetically. Mm-hmm. So there are five different energy types in human design. First, we have generators, which you are, Emma. Emma's Me. Here. <laughs> generators are our divine doers. You guys are life force energy in the world. We have manifesting generators who are a subset of a generator. They're also doers. They have that beautiful life force energy, but they're very multi-passionate. They're meant to do a lot of different things um, in their lives. They're meant to, if something sparks their interest, really dive deep. And then once that energy is gone, move on to the next. This can lead to a lot of conditioning around the word flaky. Um, mm -hmm. You know, oh, manifesting generators are so flaky. You can't commit to anything. Just, just, you know, pick one thing and stick with it. And that's really not how manifesting generators are supposed to show up in, in the world. And I think that a lot, first as a blanket note, we're also good at living our designs naturally when we're young. 
And then as we grow up, that's where that conditioning starts to happen. So most times when I relay this information to clients, it's like a, hmm. a sigh of relief of that, like, oh, yes, I feel that. I love that. But I never thought I could lean into it. Mm-hmm. I never thought I had permission to be that person. I never thought I could dive into all the little itty bitty things that I love because people think they're weird or that I can't focus or that I'm flaky and that I need to just stick to one career, things like that. Um, so next we'll talk about projectors. Projectors, I am, I am a projector. Projectors are our guides, our coaches, our teachers. Projectors are not here to do the doing. They are here to help other people navigate their energy and guide their energies. We're here to say, oh, but you could do it this way and make it more efficient. And so we kind of sit back and say, why don't you try it this way? And then the generators, manifesting generators are like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Next we have manifestors. Manifestors are our initiators in society. They are very bold. Their energy will ebb and flow um, just like projector's energy will ebb and flow. That's why we don't have that life force energy, that doer energy. Um, Manifestors are very polarizing. People often know when they enter a room, either being like, oh, so-and-so is here. Oh, so-and-so is here. Because (laughs) they're constantly pushing out their energy, affecting other people. Um, But they are meant to have a big urge and say, I'm doing this. We're going this way. And then everyone else the other types are like i want to come sure let's go right and then we have reflectors reflectors are our evaluators they are very rare reflectors only make up one percent of our population and that's because all of their energy centers are undefined so they are constantly taking in other people's energy and magnifying it in all of their energy centers which is not common Mm -hmm. Um, And so they are really good at sampling different environments and saying what's working and what's not. Mm. I think a lot of people now will have a bit of that feeling, a sigh of relief as well, to hear some of those things Mm. come through and look at their own charts. And as we were kind of exploring that there, we touched on energy centers. um, Mm -hmm. And I think that would be good for us to have a little overview of those as well. And then how that kind of links in and between defined and undefined. Mm -hmm. So in human design, we do have chakras. So it's built on the chakra system. But instead of seven, we have nine in human design. And these energy centers are how we really express ourselves. It's how we either push out our energy or take in energy. It's how we receive. It's how we give. It's information that we're constantly processing through these centers. So at the top, very top of your body graph, you have your head center. Head center is all about inspiration. Then you move down to your ajna, which is your mind, and that's about conceptualization. Next, we have your throat center. That's about manifestation and communication, speaking things into existence. Then as we move down, I'm like picturing it in my mind. Then we move (laughs) down. We have our self center, our identity center. This is about purpose, love, direction, sense of self. Then we have that tiny little triangle to the right of the middle diamond. That's the heart and ego center. This is about motivation and willpower. Then we have, that was fine. (laughs) We go down (laughs) to your sacral center. 
So that's the second square from the bottom. If it's colored in, it'll be red. It might be white, however, and we'll get to that in a second. The sacral center is about your life force energy, creation, desire. Below that, we have our root, right? Your root chakra, your root energy center, about momentum and stress. Then if you go up a little bit to the right, you have your emotional center. Clinks clear. It's about your emotions, <laughs> your emotional life. And then on the other side, that other triangle is your splenic center. This is about survival instincts, intuition, um, uh, fears, and anxieties. So with the energy centers, if it's colored in and the colors don't matter, it's not like, well, I have a, I have a, a brown root. <laughs> Can somebody else have a red root? No, it's just always going to be brown. Just, just that the colors are different. So you're like, I don't know what this color means. It's okay. If it has a color, then it's defined. And that is where we have reliable sense of our energy. That's where we're conditioning other people. We can really rely on that sense of energy. If it is white, that is undefined or open. And that's where we're taking in other people's energy and magnifying it. So when you have a white shape energy center on your body graph, that energy is not authentically yours to have. So for example, doer energy, we'll talk about the sacral, like right now with us talking on this podcast, you have a defined sacral, a colored in sacral. I don't, mine's wide open. Mine's, mine's white, super white. <laughs> I think I have one gate in my sacral. So when you have that, you know, energy, that is a very reliable, constant sense of your doer energy. When you're leaning into the things that you love, that's, mm. you create more of that good energy. I don't have that. So I am not a quote unquote doer, right? I need a lot of rest. My energy mm. will ebb and flow. But when we're together, like right now, you are conditioning me with your defined sacral. So when we are together, I do have a more reliable sense of that doer energy because you're conditioning me with it. So mm. when we talk, like I feel very energized right now, I feel really excited. We're talking about human design, so of course I am. But also because you're a generator and I'm a projector and I'm being conditioned by you. Mm -hmm. So what's important here though is that we don't over-identify with that energy. So without this awareness, if we're, you know, after the podcast, we go about our lives, I shut my computer, I'm alone in my bedroom. All of a sudden, I'm not being conditioned with that doer energy. And I might suddenly feel very tired and say, why? Like, what, what's wrong with me? Why was mm -hmm. I so energized just a little bit ago, but now I have no energy? What have I done? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? What's bad about me? Right? With this awareness... Now I can just say, oh, that doer energy was not mine to have. This is my organic state. And that's okay because I'm a projector, right? And so we can start to create these narratives about ourselves mm. without this awareness of how horrible or bad or, you know, oh, God, I don't have any motivation or like my inspiration comes and goes. Like, why can't I just focus? Things like that. And in human design, when we can look at these energy centers and say, defined or undefined and why and mm. what you're feeling and how we can work with that it creates just so much more understanding and self-compassion 
that was mm. long. That was mm. a really long. I think <laughs> we're talking about it. human design, so it's gonna be. <laughs> and I think like with when we talk about human design, people kind of need that foundation for us to dive into it because it mm. is such a complex system. And mm. so thank you for taking that time to introduce people to it. And I had a question come through to me about that undefined sense, these centers that we have undefined. I think the idea of that we're being conditioned might actually scare a few people and might mm. have people being like, so what I'm doing, is that not me? So how can we work with these undefined centers in a way that supports us in our authentic expression, but also just so we're not saying, okay, because I'm talking now, I'm but I'm coming from a place that's undefined, right? How can I better show up still, still honoring my own energy, but also being aware that I'm being conditioned in that moment, if that yeah. resonates? Yeah. So Again, human design is a tool for expansion, is mm-hmm. a tool for ease and flow. Uh, it's not here to promote restriction or tension or um, chaos spirals, right? Really, all of these things <laughs> that can happen really easily. Um, mm-hmm. And so, again, it's, it is a tool for self awareness and self compassion. So, there's nothing wrong with how you've been showing up until you learn this information, right? It's not learning this information being like, oh my gosh, who was that person back then? Still you, it's (laughs) still you, absolutely, yes. But now we can start to kind of look at like, oh, well, yeah, because I I was making pro and con lists for my decisions and that didn't really feel very good to me, but I didn't know how else to do it. Mm -hmm. And then we can look and say, maybe you have a sacral authority. Authority is, is how you are designed to make decisions for those that don't know. Or a, um, a splenic, me, I have a splenic um, authority. And so I listen to my intuition. And so if I, which I have in my past, made lots of lists, lots of pros and cons lists, <laughs> and like, and like, maybe I should sleep on it. Maybe I should take my time to go over it. And then realize that like, now I'm even more confused or now I don't, mm. it's not helping me. And to learn this information now to be like, oh, that's just not how I'm authentically meant to make decisions. Mm -hmm. This feels so much better now, just being able to listen to my intuition. I'm not demonizing past Stacey for Mm -hmm. making those mistakes, right? It's not, oh God, well, that just wasn't me. Who, who was that? Right. It's just, oh, okay. I'm, I'm giving myself some self-compassion and we're really going through this journey of life together, right? We can look at it as here we are in the present. We can look at our past self, our childhood self, our inner child. We can look at our higher self, our future self, right? They're all versions of us. Mm. It's just how we're experiencing and exploring our authentic energy throughout this journey. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. So what I'm hearing in that is that the parts of us that are undefined, it's kind of coming to terms with how can we better show up honoring that they're undefined and honoring what parts of us are actually kind of reliable in our own authentic energy and kind of combining the two in a little way bringing bringing awareness to everything we do yeah absolutely and our undefined centers those white centers are yes they are centers for conditioning and distraction but they're also where we're going to cultivate the most wisdom about ourselves Mm. too through this self-awareness and um, this modality that is human. Mm. I'd love for you to expand on, on how that looks, how, lo- how it looks 
gaining the wisdom through mm. bringing awareness to the parts of us that are open to conditioning. Yeah. Uh, so I'll use a couple in my own life. <laughs> I always do that. I think it's the best thing. It's like, well, I'm going to talk about this this thing and I'm just going to use myself as an yeah. example because <laughs> we are walking this path with you, everyone. Trust me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so mm. funny because now I can like really identify these patterns that happen mm-hmm. in me and I'm still even I'm still experimenting with how I use it, right? How I want to shift it, how I want to lean into it, right? So for example, let's take my root center. Root center is about stress and momentum. And I do not have a defined root center. Mine is Mm -hmm. undefined, which means I'm being, um, I am being conditioned by not only other people's defined root centers, but also the stress of external, the external environment. So (laughs) this can lead to, um, I like to call this the procrastination center. (laughs) If it is undefined, right, we don't have that regular sense of, I said undefined, right? If it's undefined, we do not have that regular sense of momentum, of stress, of keeping up that, you know, steadiness, I could Mm -hmm. say, under stress. Like a pressure in a way. Yes, the pressure. Yes, Mm -hmm. the root center is a pressure center. Absolutely. Um, And so for me, like external stress, I don't really handle super well. And if I'm, say, my business, right, if I need to make copy or do, you know, an email sequence or X, Y, Z, make copy for my website, maybe help design more of my website, things like that, it does not matter if I have four days to do it or three weeks to do it or two months to do it. I will wait until the very last moment <laughs> until that external stress is like, the time is now. <laughs> like you have to yeah. do it now because now we have that stress, mm. right? So I'm a procrastinator. Before I had this information, before I had this awareness, I would say, God, what a terrible quality about myself, mm. right? God, no one wants to be a procrastinator. Why am I so lazy? Why can't I get shit done? right? All of these narratives that I start to create about myself. Once I learn that I have an undefined root center and that, yes, I need that external pressure to get things done because I don't have a reliable sense of it, right? (laughs) I need that go time, that pressure. Uh, Now I'm trying to learn how to use it, right? So Mm. like with my business coach, she says, do you want to work on a couple things at once or one thing? And I'm like, one thing, but I need to have timelines for myself mm. that I need to get done and send to you. Because if I don't have that accountability, if I don't have a timeline or a deadline to send you things by, it won't get done. <laughs> <laughs> and people might hear that and be like, okay, yeah. so you're an entrepreneur. Mm, mm. How does that work? And it's like, well, this is how it works is that I'm gaining this self-awareness. To be like, these are my patterns. These are my authentic patterns. And now I can change the narrative of how to work better with them. Mm, So we could also take like my head center. I have an open head center, which is also a pressure center. We're having pressure come down. Both sides. Yes, from both sides, from the top (laughs) and the bottom of our energy centers. And with an undefined head center, this is all about inspiration, right? This is about... Um, 
acting on your inspiration and knowing what inspiration to act on and where you can gain inspiration. And this can also be kind of, I like to call this the shiny object center when it's undefined because yeah. you can get magpie. so much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that magpie. That, this oh, is me this, as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of that like, oh, well, I, I, this really good idea. I should work on this. Oh, oh, but what about this? Oh, I could, I could do that. Or, oh no, because this project this project is going to be it. So uh, all of these things happen and then we can't focus on one thing. Mm. And then again, nothing gets done because we're like, I don't know now what I should do because I have so much divine inspiration. So learning how to work and focus with an undefined head center is something I'm also working on, right? Getting rid mm. of those distractions, perhaps not working from home, perhaps going to a coffee shop to focus instead of being distracted by my laundry and my dishes and <laughs> the making my bed and all of these other mm. things I could be doing around my house. Mm. That's not the task at hand. So that, those are just a couple of, mm-hmm. Um, mm. of examples of how we can start to change narratives and work with our centers as opposed to mm. against them. I think that's key, isn't it? It's that ability through awareness to work with those parts of us rather than demonizing the fact that they are open and I think that can happen a lot with the open is it ego for for empath when you can when you can have a undefined ego and you end up being empathic Uh, emotional yeah emotional yeah I think that can be something that a lot of people get quite hung up on with themselves and because that's one that requires you to set boundaries with yourself Mm. and set set energetic set points for yourself as well Mm -hmm. can you can you speak to people that may notice that they they resonate with an empaths and they want to kind of set more boundaries in their life yeah this is actually really interesting because I had a client message me this week about their emotional center Mm -hmm. and I feel as though the word empath right is so universal Mm -hmm. and in human design if you have an undefined emotional center that's really what makes you the most empathic because you're taking in other people's energy and magnifying it. If you have a defined emotional center, right, you have a more reliable sense of your emotions. And so you're conditioning other people with how you're feeling. And that can get really confusing for people because they're like, well, I, I identify as an empath, but I have a defined emotional center. But Mm -hmm. according to human design, that means I'm not empathic. I don't understand. And that's another example of if it doesn't resonate, then, yeah. then that's okay. Um, and there are other avenues of why you feel empathic. Perhaps it could be in your gates or your channels in your human design. Perhaps it could be stem, it could stem from some childhood trauma as well, right? When we are forced to walk on eggshells around mm-hmm. our family, our parents, if we have a volatile parent who we don't want to upset, right? We get really, really good at reading people to say, what can I say in this moment? How can I feel in this moment? How can I take care of them, right? Those kinds of things. And there is a difference there, right? So that's why identifying as an empath is so universal because we all have these ways of gaining that ability. Mm. Um, But in human design, right? If you have a defined emotional center, you do have an emotional wave of your own that you're writing of being like, oh, here's my high, here's my low, here's my calm, cool, collected state. 
if it's undefined, you are taking in other people's emotion and over-identifying with them. Or could be over-identifying with them. <laughs> but you are taking them in and identifying with them. Mm -hmm. And that's also something that I, I struggle with. I have an, mm -hmm. an undefined emotional center. And it, it can be overwhelming sometimes, um, especially as a Pisces rising. And, you know, yeah. we bring in the, all the astrology stuff. I'm there with you. Pisces moon. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Pisces season. It's intense, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is really intense. Mm -hmm. And so that's another reason why this self-awareness is so important. Because yeah. if I'm in an environment with a lot of people and suddenly I'm feeling, what am I saying? Or even just one person. Like, I, this doesn't have to be a group for me. But I'm with one person. Mm -hmm. I can totally be overcome by their emotions, especially my partner. Mm -hmm. um, if, if he's not feeling well or if he's feeling sad or if he's feeling frustrated like that hits me like a ton of bricks mm -hmm. and i have to constantly remind myself this isn't mine this isn't mm -hmm. mine this is yeah. not mine to have and creating tools to help you set those boundaries right getting quiet doing some meditation imagining you know you're in a fountain of white light that's your boundary and no emotion that's not yours can get through it right or Maybe you leave the room. That's a great tool as well of just being like, <laughs> I need I need literal space mm. from you because we can feel people's auras, right? That's how we're being conditioned because we're feeling their energy. So being like, this is too much for me. Um, I'm going to go take a walk or mm. I'm going to go take a shower, right? Water is very powerful in really like letting all of that wash off of yourself and down the drain. Imagine all of those feelings that aren't yours that are upsetting you or you're over identifying with just washing off of you and going down the drain, right? Like those mm. kinds of things. I love what you mentioned there about like recognizing those things in your partner as well and recognizing mm. where you're, where you're actually again, over identifying. How important do you feel is it for us to not only be aware of our own charts, but also the charts of the people that we're in connection with on a deeper level. So whether that's friendships, partnerships, business relationships. Yeah, I think it's really important. And, <laughs> and if you resonate with this work and you dive into it, you will find that pretty quickly you'll be like, I just want to, what's your birthday? How, what time were you born? Oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like, I need to know everything about everyone I love. Um, literally, when I started this, I texted my like, entire friend group. And I was like, I'm, over your, I'm over your birthday. It's fascinating to learn, isn't it? Mm. And and, it, and you start actually being able to like, almost intuitively know what someone mm. is before you actually look at their chart because there's yeah. you start to notice the little tendencies of different different types that mm -hmm. kind of am are amplified a little bit yeah uh, absolutely and there's so much to look at in a partnership mm. reading if you're like looking at your chart as opposed to somebody else's chart because mm. when we put two people together just like I was talking about with the sacral center with us right you see what starts to overlap you see mm. how you're conditioning each other as well mm. my mm. fiance has a defined sacral too right so like i'm constantly being you know with that doer energy and having to be like calm down this is not yours <laughs> leave the room go take a nap yeah. right go for a walk things like that um but also again you know like we were talking about at the beginning of of making decisions together mm. right if you if i have an impulsive authority and one of my best friends has an emotional authority, which means they need to take time 
before they make a decision, right? We're not, we're not going to be on that same page. And I'm going to be, if I didn't have that awareness, I would say, just make a decision, just choose. It's not that hard. Mm -hmm. And she would, she might say, you need to take some time. You need to sleep on it. You're being rash. You're being too impulsive. That's not a good thing to do. Right. And then we start to create those narratives again of Mm -hmm. maybe they're right. Maybe I should wait. Or maybe I should be impulsive, right? As opposed to just understanding how the other works and being like, I'm going to, I vote this, but you know what? You take your time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, when it comes to working relationships too, right? If you have an emotional authority, it's, hey, do you want to just project with me? And you may in the moment be like, yes, I do. But with the awareness that you need time to make sure you're at that very steady, energetic place to say yes or no is huge. And being able Mm -hmm. to say, I'm very excited um, at the potential of us working together, but I do do just need a couple days to think Mm -hmm. about it. And then Mm -hmm. that can streamline everything. I love what I'm hearing here. It's almost like human design in relationship is like a portal for deeper compassion for one mm, another absolutely. especially how how what an incredible tool that is for business right mm-hmm. I mean everyone I work with I get their charts and I have a look I'm not a human design reader but I can mm-hmm. see like basic little bits and I can see how to best ask them questions how to best support them mm-hmm. and I think it just changes the whole way we show up but also how we show up for other people mm-hmm. and when you were mentioning there about being conditioned almost is there ways where that's actually quite supporting to have kind of opposing charts in connection with one another, especially in deeper friendships, partnerships, things like that? Oh, yeah. So in the example of the defined sacral, right, if I have a lot to do and I'm in my projector, you know, slump in my ebb and being like, I'm just so tired. I don't want to do anything. Right. I can call upon a generator, manifesting generator friend and say, hey, you want to co-work today? <laughs> yeah. You want to you meet me at such and such and, and we can just work next to each other mm-hmm. because you don't have to verbally engage with somebody to feel their energy. You just have to be near them. Right. You can even feel it through a screen. Like I can feel you mm. through this virtual screen. And so it's, it's a matter of using that yeah. knowledge to be like, oh, can you just condition me a little bit with your doer energy? Cause I'm, I'm a little tired today. Right. <laughs> or right. If somebody has an undefined heart center and I have a defined one, that's about motivation and willpower. So if someone is like, I'm just not feeling very motivated today. I'm just like, I don't know if I can get up and go do it or whatever, you know, be like, Oh, well, yeah, let's, you know, have a call right in the morning or something. Like I can, let's go again, co-work together. So you have more of that motivation to get things done, right? Mm. So there's, there are ways to kind of pick and choose and use other people's defined centers that you don't have mm. um, to be very strategic about it. As totally. long as you're not over-identifying with it. Yeah. As long as when you leave their presence, you can say, okay, not mine (laughs) take a breath take a breath Mm -hmm. I think I love like this concept there of just bringing awareness to these things and then showing up more authentically Um, what do you think is the key to showing up authentically and using human design as a tool to be able to do that Mm. curiosity Mm. I think is big um Again, 
being self-compassion, practicing self-compassion with yourself, um, being able to mess up, <laughs> right? Yeah. When we have that perfectionist mentality, which a lot of us are, are working through and integrating into us and releasing that white knuckle grit, not speaking from experience or anything. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is me to a T, Stacey, so I'm here, I'm here yeah. with you on this one. Yeah. I'm being like, oh, let me just... Especially with the, was it a one in my chart? Yeah, I think on my yeah. profile, like, I just mm-hmm. want to know everything. Yeah, same. <laughs> I have that investigator line too. It's like, yeah. I need that, I need that certainty. I need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but just allowing yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. learning something new, coming with that curiosity of that childlike wonder mm-hmm. of being a beginner at something again, right? You don't have to have it all down. You don't have to know every little bit, but you can just take your energy type and be like, okay, how can I start to maybe rework this a little bit? How can I loosen my grip on being a doer or that hustle culture or Mm -hmm. initiating and seeing what comes from it, right? Allowing yourself to do less if that's the case, which I think is really hard for a lot of people to do less um, because we're so conditioned, at least, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely here in America of, more, 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 like all the time. Well, you've got your Pluto returns now, so hopefully that will, that will, that's a biggie, eh? I don't know a lot about it, but I've been listening to an astrologer just to learn a little bit. I mean, it's a collective thing, but obviously it's the US's like big thing. So you're hopefully going to see some shifts, I think. I think it's starting to move. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> anyway, a little bit of a tangent off there. Um, I was thinking in terms of in terms of human design, there's so many elements to it, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to share, obviously we've discussed quite a few aspects and the most kind of prominent aspects of that. But if you were to share some things that you feel are like the most important things to reflect on or something useful for people to reflect on in their own charts, what do you think something that's really change things for you to, to deeper, to dive deeper into? Hmm. It's a really great question. I think everything in your human design chart has its <laughs> time and place. Like, oh yeah, I'm still, you know, diving, diving mm. deeper into my own chart, you know, and I've been doing this for, for a while. Um, there's always more to explore and it al- is always very evolving as well. Right. Depending mm-hmm. on where we are in our lives, looking at one channel or an energy center, Right. And, and understanding it where we are now as who we are now. And then, you know, reflecting on it in a year, two years, five years, 10 years, it's going to look completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. Of how we're using it and exploring that. Um, but if we're just starting out and we're like, oh, I want I want to get into this and I, and I want some deep reflection and some awareness, I would definitely say start with your what I like to say, the big three in human design just like in astrology, right? You have your sun, moon, and rising. Mm -hmm. In human design, we have our type, our strategy, and our authority. So type, we've kind of touched on those five energy types. That's how you're meant to show up in the world energetically. Your authority is how you're designed to make decisions, right? Like we've touched on a lot today. And then we have our strategy, which is how we are meant to create opportunities for ourselves. And that can be that can be a biggie. <laughs> Our strategy, oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Do you want me to kind of just touch on those real quick? If you feel cool to, if you yeah, feel cool yeah, to. Absolutely, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I'll just do super quick. So generator and manifesting generators, they have the same strategy, which is just to respond, right? So in the world, at least again in, in America, for sure, we are taught to initiate, right? Go, if you want it, go get it, make mm-hmm. it happen. Just do it, right? That's only energetically correct for manifestors. So we'll start with manifestors. Manifestors are here to inform. So their strategy is to let everyone know what they're doing and then be like, just like I said earlier, who's coming with me, right? I'm, I'm getting on this boat. We're sailing across the ocean. <laughs> Who wants to come with me to do this? And then everyone else, right? That gives a generator something to respond to. Yeah, that's really so. interesting because I've got so many in my field right now. So many. Like, oh, tons. Yeah, like I've probably met like eight in the past like wow. two months, which is kind of yes. insane. Yes, uh, manifestors are, it's, it's are definitely here to disrupt their industry. They're here yeah. to like make moves, make changes, act on mm-hmm. those urges that they have. And yeah. the way that they do that, again, their strategy is to inform. Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm doing this. Mm. you game you want to come help me cool yeah let's go. it's really good fun it's good it's given me a lot of good things to respond to <laughs> yeah <laughs> really cool. so generators and manifesting generators mm. their strategy is to respond not to initiate and that can sound passive but it's not because you're constantly responding to things all the time so if a manifester comes to you and says i'm doing this you coming then you can <laughs> respond to that energetically if mm. you're you know depending on your authority right because it all it all fits together. It's all one big puzzle depending on your authentic design. Mm -hmm. So if a manifester comes to Emma and says, I'm doing this project, are you interested? Then you, do you have an emotional authority? I can't remember. Sacral. Sacral authority. Great. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Then, you know, Emma will check with her gut and say, hmm, do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. And your gut will say, yes. Or it'll say, "Mm, I don't know. Which it's really interesting right when you thing. start to learn that voice, like yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so if her sacral says, yeah, let's go, then she's responding to that, right? Mm-hmm. So manifestors are informing generators, manifesting generators are to respond. You are magnets. You do not chase, you attract, right? So you're constantly attracting these opportunities to yourself to respond to. Projectors our strategy is to wait for the invitation. <laughs> this can be very confusing for projectors. <laughs> I know yeah. some people who are projectors that are like, I hate this. Uh-huh. They get caught up in the idea of what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm. And that sounds even more passive, right? Than mm. responding. It's like, so I just sit here and I'm like, <laughs> who wants to come invite me in? Who, what do I do? How does that work? Um, so, for us, we're meant to be like lighthouses and just share, share, share what we love, what we do, what lights us up. And that's how we attract our people who invite us in. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So if I'm, you know, sharing my human design, right? Emma found me and was like, hey, mm-hmm. I love this. I'd love to have a session. Uh, you know, I know Mel, like all of our connections, <laughs> right? I want to invite yeah. you in. And then mm-hmm. I can check with my intuition and say, yes. I vibe. Let's do it. Right. And then <laughs> I, vibe. Lastly, I vibe. I like it. Let's do it. Mm. And then lastly, reflectors are unicorns of human design. Very rare. Mm. Their strategy is very, very different from the rest of the types. Theirs is to wait a lunar cycle. So 
even more confusing for reflectors who hear that. Mm. They're like, I have to wait an entire month to make a decision, to have a strategy, to like act on anything. And reflectors have a lot of room to explore mm. their charts because there's a lot to it, right? They have all those open centers. They're meant to follow the moon cycles to make decisions, to decide what's mm. right and wrong for them. Um, but again, smaller decisions, right? A reflector doesn't have to be like, what do I want for lunch? Maybe I'll know next month. Like, it's not, <laughs> not Just starve yourself for the entire month. Yeah, it's more for like bigger decisions, right? Am yeah. I going to move across mm -hmm. the country, across yeah. the world? Maybe I'm going to let myself experience this lunar cycle and check in every couple days to see how I feel about it, right? Mm. So there's a lot, reflect. yeah, reflectors are kind of in their own special little mm -hmm. design bubble. So if you're mm -hmm. a reflector, I highly recommend hiring a coach or a reader or whoever to help mm. you navigate that because it can be very overwhelming for anyone who's new in human mm. design, but especially for a reflector. Mm. There's a lot of self-exploration that goes on there. I can imagine. I can imagine having all of those open centers as well. And but just bring that awareness to them is actually probably a lot of like a sigh of relief. Like we talked about people having a sigh of relief, but especially for someone who's a reflector. Yes, I have a really mm. good friend actually who's a reflector, and when mm. we learned that, we were both like, "Wow, <laughs> this makes that so much more sense." sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was interested just before we kind of wrap off and finish up of the of the concept of obviously we're moving from our from our strategy from our authority but how difficult it, is it for us to move from that when we've got a lot of conditioning that's that's on top of our ability to move from that place right so mm. for example if your emotional authority or sacral authority you want to follow that but then there's this conditioned voice that you learn as a child saying saying no no that's not the right way even when we're aware of human design that voice may still be present with us what's a process or just awareness that we can bring to that to allow ourselves to trust ourselves more mm. and and lead from our design despite these kind of conditioned presences within us yeah um the first again I'm just gonna say it over and over again self-compassion <laughs> compassionate with yourself <laughs> The first step is even having the awareness that it exists in the first place because a lot of us don't even have that awareness. We're like, I'm being what? <laughs> I've been taught, huh? In my childhood <laughs> that I subconsciously believe at my very core of who I am. Like it can mm -hmm. be very overwhelming. It can be a lot. Mm -hmm. So don't put a timeline on it. Don't put, you can't put a timeline on this work. You can't look at your chart and be like, osmosis, I'm perfect, right? Again, perfect doesn't exist. And, and experimentation we're going through, especially when we have a lot of that conditioning, right? Of, wow, because especially in conditioning and in the healing process, at coming in my point of view from, from the work I've done, is that once you shed one layer of conditioning, another one reveals itself. <laughs> so it's like it's yeah. a never ending process. So it's yeah, enjoy so the good. journey because <laughs> you're going to be on it for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. And that's not daunting. That's humbling. That's to humble you. That's to yeah. Humble you. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, hiring someone to, to help you through it. There's no shame in that game. I, I'm a coach myself. I 
work with a lot of different coaches, you know, I see the value in it, therapy, coaching, all of these kinds of things, human design reading, astrological reading, spirituality, like all of that um, can help you kind of dig deeper into those conditioning Mm -hmm. layers. And Mm -hmm. again, give yourself time to really explore it, um, to really reflect and, and journal on it. Ask yourself, where did I learn this? Is it true, mm. right? Turn on our thought processors. Am I accepting this as true or is this, am I rejecting this as truth? And how can I switch think better? How can I reframe this? How can I be 1%? How can I implement and integrate 1% tomorrow, right? It's not going cold turkey or full steam ahead with all of this. It's how can I integrate just a little bit more mm. every day and then allow myself if it doesn't feel good to be like why doesn't it feel good how should i throw it out should i try something new like all of this stuff it's it's just constant redirect and pivoting and learning and mm. assessing and exploring and it's fun <laughs> oh so fun i think that takes the pressure off so much as well just to see it as play see it as mm. practice see mm-hmm. it as fun because otherwise we end up walking this path of we have to do this in order to heal this or we have to make this happen and we can get caught up in the expectations of what we think healing is supposed to be rather mm. than just the experience of the journey and deeper connection and knowing with ourselves and with others. Yeah. And our brains are really good at supplying evidence to make us and help us believe these things are true, right? Mm. So if we don't have the awareness or right for procrastination, practice procrastination is bad. Bad people procrastinate. That's a negative trait. My brain is constantly seeking experiences and people and moments that supply evidence of why I'm a bad person for procrastinating. Mm. Once I start to shift that point of view in my brain, right, our brains start to supply evidence that's different than that, right? Of, Mm. oh, procrastinating isn't actually bad. It's just how I'm organically supposed to work so now I create timelines for myself and it all works out because that's how I'm naturally supposed to use that energy and then our brain's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah that's cool yeah we'll just create timelines you're there's nothing wrong with you you're fine Mm, just finding ways to support who you actually are rather than like you said at the beginning not following what everyone tells you you should do or should be exactly Mm -hmm. I feel like that's big in in even in our industry Mm to follow things to prescribe to this program this is the answer what I'm hearing with this whole conversation and through you is you are the answer when you're aware of yourself yeah yes Mm -hmm. and that's something that I a one-size-fits-all transformation is Mm -hmm. not something I promote in my business you are a unique being I do not put you in a box ever Um, even in my you know I have a, a DIY an evergreen manifestation course as well. And even in the manifestation course, everyone's designed to manifest differently according to your human design. And Mm -hmm. so it's like subscribing to these coaches or these programs or, you know, that work for a lot of people. I'm not saying they're negative. Each have their moment and their place and time. But for me, like everyone is so unique and different that your transformation is, is it going to be the Mm -hmm. same? as everyone else's and that's really really important to me Mm, yeah so where can people find you if they resonate with you if they want to connect with you or they want to work with you 
Yeah. Uh, and the by the way, you don't yeah. have to spell it out. It'll be in the show notes. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so just read it because I have some people going, S-T-A. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. So the best place to find me right now would probably be on Instagram at Stacy underscore Keel. Um, in process of getting my website up, which should be soon, which is exciting. Amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, just connect with me. Drop me a DM. Follow me on Instagram mm. and, and let's chat. And I just want to, Oni, Stacey, I loved working with you. Like, you're just just a bundle of joy. Like, that's the only way I know how to describe it. You just have this energy that's just so, so joyful. And I just love that. And when you talk about authenticity, and many people talk about authenticity in the industry, but you, like, just radiate it. And I just think, Mm -hmm. like, how nice is it to see that in this industry, see someone who's so genuine and hence why... I've loved having you on and loved having you work with you as well. Um, so if there's something that you would you feel called to leave us on and um, something that comes through to you, um, I'd love for you to to wrap us up. Oh, thank you for those kind words. They mean a lot. Thank you, Emma. Um, parting words. If you're feeling stuck, it's not forever. You can't get out of it. You will get out of it again. Healing and growth is not linear. So if you have that in your brain, oof, get that out right now. Um, and you are worthy of a divine life um, just as you are. You are born with mm-hmm. that. You are innately worthy. Mm. I love that. What a nice one to end on. Thank you so much for coming on today, mate. Thank you, everyone that's tuned in and listened in. Head to the show notes if you haven't already to um, – to work with Stacy or connect with Stacy, and also if you want to know more about your human design chart and you haven't followed along in this episode they will be in the show notes as well thank you everyone thank you so much for coming on my love thanks see you later <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in today we hope you feel even more expanded connected and inspired from today's conversation Don't forget to leave us a review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify and you can head to the show notes for even more ways to connect to our community. See you next week.